Of the unpopular podcast. This is Amanda Myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. When you're trading for a player, or when a player becomes available for a trade, there are certain things you have to ask yourself before making said trade, in my opinion. One, what is the value of said player? There are some really big name players in the league, and we're, 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 it's not just basketball. We're talking about basketball right now, but it's in general. There's some really big players in, in every league, but you have to ask yourself, one, what is the value of that player? Two, does the value or does the, the price tag that they're asking for justify you paying that price tag that doesn't mean that the price tag is is too high it doesn't mean the price tag's too low that means are you willing to pay it and the thing about value is this value is different for everybody one player might be valued on one team more than another team one player might bring less value here but bring more value there value is not just a set thing you have to you have to understand what the value is for you. And what do I mean by this? What am I starting off my show talking about? So it looks like reports have come out saying that at first reports were coming out because the Utah Jazz traded Rudy Gobert. They were saying that Donovan Mitchell at this point is not going to be traded, not going to request a trade. They don't want it. They're, they're not going to they're going to try to move on with Donovan Mitchell. But of recent recent days, and now it looks like he is available for trade. Uh, and one of the teams that we've been that, that has been rumored to get Donovan Mitchell is the New York Knicks. Again, when you make a trade, when a trade is, is proposed, when a tra- when you're trying to make a trade, you have to figure out what is the value of the person that you're making a trade for. What do I mean by that? Give me, I'll give you a great example. A great example. We've been talking about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, right? We've been talking about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving since free agency started, or since the offseason started, not free. Yeah, since the offseason started, you know, stories of Kyrie, it's been a lot. But let's just look at Kyrie. Kyrie Irving's value is different for multiple different multiple teams. And at this point, in my opinion, Kyrie Irving's value is highest for two teams. Brooklyn and L.A. Actually, let me flip that around. L.A. first, then Brooklyn. Kyrie's value isn't going to be the same for Golden State than it is for L.A. That doesn't mean Kyrie's not a good player. It just means that the Lakers value him more than Golden State would, than Portland would, than teams that maybe have a top-tier point guard. Let's get back to this Donovan Mitchell, New York Knicks situation. Well, let's first, why? Let's let's first talk about why Utah is deciding to, um, is deciding to, let go or 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 is open to letting go of their young star player in Donovan Mitchell. When you're going in a rebuild, when a team's going in a rebuild, they usually want to go into a full rebuild. And what I mean by that is yes, you want to have some good players. Yes, you want to have uh some talent on the roster, but you don't want to be too good. I'm not a fan of 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 rebuilds. I'm not a fan of tanking. I'm not a fan of any of that, but that's what teams do. 
You see that with OKC. OKC, you realize you lost Kevin Durant. You realize you lost uh, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony. So you went to full rebuild. You have some good young pieces. You have Shea Gilgis Alexander. You have Josh Giddy. Now you have Chet Holmgren. You have all the picks in the world. That is a rebuild gone right. Not saying that they're still in rebuild process to me, but they're getting better year after year after year. Of course, rebuilds, you can rebuild solely through the draft. You can rebuild through trades. When you're rebuilding, you want to go full throttle. You're going straight at it. And you saw the signs. I mean, shouts out to the the, the meme going around the world at this point with uh, Brian Windhorse. He saw it. You saw the makings of a full rebuild in Utah when they gave away Royce O'Neal, which was one of their most important players. Joe Ingles isn't there anymore, which has been one of their most important players. When you trade a Rudy Gobert, now, yes, you got a, a big package for him, but when you trade Rudy Gobert and now you have Donovan Mitchell. And, of course, I think there's this dude, there's, there's a, they, they want to, Utah wants to put themselves in position to possibly get the number one overall pick because there's a kid coming from overseas. I think his name is Victor. I can't really say his last name, but he, they're saying he could be the next, you know, <laughs> every, when you see a player, his frame, they, they're always going to say, oh, that, that could be the next Kevin Durant. I, I don't know about that. Kevin Durant is one of one to me, but you know, Utah wants to put themselves in position to at least have a shot to get that player. So Donovan Mitchell. In my opinion, my opinion, Jalen Hunter, the, the host of the Unpopular Podcast, in my opinion, there are tiers of stars. And, we, and we've talked about this several times. Uh, of course, the superstar and the star. The difference between here's the thing though. I know that there's a difference between a superstar and a star. Everyone knows the difference. And 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 one thing that I do want to to I I know this is gonna sound a little weird, but a star is a star wherever he goes. A superstar is a star wherever he goes. You can put Steph Curry on Cleveland. No, let me not disrespect Cleveland. You can put Steph Curry on Sacramento Kings. He's still going to be a superstar. No, he may not garnish the same amount of wins and and accolades that he has and and will do in Golden State. But you put him, you put LeBron James on Detroit. He's still a superstar. You put Giannis on Washington. He's still a superstar. Their value doesn't change. Now, yes, the amount of wins that they get, the amount of success that they get will change or could change. I don't think LeBron, if, if LeBron James was drafted to, I don't know, Washington, I don't think that he would be I, – I think he'll still be great, but I don't, I don't know if he'll have four championships. If, if Steph Curry was drafted to the New York Knicks, I don't think they would. he would have four championships. That's just me. When you put a star somewhere or put a superstar somewhere, their value does not change. Yes, again, the, the winning could change, the accolades could change, but their value doesn't change. Giannis is still going to be Giannis. And that's a, the difference, and one of the biggest differences between a star and a superstar is if you put a star somewhere, their value changes. So what do I mean by that? Talking about Donovan Mitchell, let's let's stay on Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is not a superstar, in my opinion. Donovan Mitchell is not a person where you can place him anywhere and just and, and you can win. I'm not saying win at all, but I don't think that Donovan Mitchell has 10, 15 wins attached to his name, like like a, a superstar would. I don't think some superstars, of course, have more than 10, 15. Like LeBron James, in my opinion, is about that's an easy 30 wins. Giannis, maybe an easy 45 wins. Donovan Mitchell doesn't have, you know, 20, 30 wins attached to his name. While he is a star and he is a good player, I don't think he has, you know, 20, 25 wins attached to his name if he goes anywhere else. Same thing for Bradley Bill. Hell, 
I'm a I'm a Wizards fan because I'm from the the Maryland DC area. Bradley Bill, you place him on certain other like you place him on other teams, his value will change. It doesn't mean he's not a star. It doesn't mean Donovan Mitchell's not a star. But you put them on different teams, their value changes. For instance, Bradley Bill's been on Washington for I don't know a while now. He's very valuable for Washington, but his value hasn't matriculated into wins as much, you know, as in, in playoff wins or playoff appearances like that. Last time we were in the playoffs, I believe, was 2000 and with when we had Russell Westbrook. Was 2019, 20? So his value might not be as prevalent in Washington when we talk about winning than it would be in Miami. Imagine Bradley Bell in Miami alongside, you know, Bam Adebayo, alongside Jimmy Butler. His value would increase, would skyrocket. Or his value maybe for the for the Lakers. The Lakers need a shooting, a uh, 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 3 and D player. Needed, well, I don't know about D, but need more of a shooter, more somebody else that can create create a shot for themselves. Enter Bradley Bill, bada bing, bada boom. So I feel like I'm beating around the bush at this point. Um... Donovan Mitchell, and it looks like it looks like the talks have kind of ceased. But Donovan Mitchell was room, you know, it, it was rumored, and there were it looks like there were it's from reports it, they were close to getting. He was close. Utah and the Knicks were close to having a deal that was that would involve the Knicks getting um, Donovan Mitchell. I think they would have to give up like Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly. I know there's another player in like six first round picks. And that is why I'm starting this episode off with Donovan Mitchell. One thing that we have to understand. Yes, I understand value is is different for different people, different for different teams. But if you're New York, why make that trade? Now, of course, I don't know if they're going to do it. It looks like the the Knicks decline, but why would you make that trade? Because it goes back to value. I would understand if it's Kevin Durant. If it's Kevin Durant, then I get that. Now, those six draft picks are steep, but I get that if it's Kevin Durant. Also, if you didn't just get Jalen Brunson, I would understand as well. But why make that pick for Donovan Mitchell? And and, And I understand, you know, the cachet, and New York has been hungry for a star. They thought they had one in... Well, that last time they had a, a true star, I think, was Melo. They thought they had one in, in Julius Randle. It kind of seems like New York is ready to get up off him. They thought they had one with Kimba Walker. That didn't last too long. It would be interesting pairing Donovan Mitchell with Jalen Brunson. I would put Donovan Mitchell more at the two because, you know, Jalen Brunson, size, both of them size. It would be a pretty small backcourt, but you have the dynamic player in Donovan Mitchell. So I understand, you know, why you would make the trade, but they're asking for a lot. They're saying that Donovan Mitchell will is is likely to garnish a, a trade that could involve six first-round picks. Donovan, look. I love Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is a very exciting player, but six round pick, six first round picks. You see, one thing that I do want to to emphasize: just because one team does something doesn't mean the market has changed. If if a poor franchise, a bad, a, 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 a well known bad franchise makes a bad move, does that mean the market has changed? Because the, 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 the Timberwolves trade all those freaking draft picks and all those assets for Rudy Gobert after they gave Carl Anthony Towns a max deal, does that mean that 
now every star has to go for what Rudy Gobert. No, just because a poor and a in a, a, a lack of a better term, a dumb organization does a dumb move, doesn't mean that the that the landscape has changed. Doesn't mean that the the trade market has changed. Why are we letting poor franchises set the market? You wanna you wanna know some? I'll 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 I'll. I'm going to give my a prediction right now. I predict that if I, I predict this, the the Minnesota Timberwolves will be no better next year than they were this year. They can make the playing tournament. They can even make the first round. But I promise you, the the Minnesota Timberwolves will not be better than they were last year. So with all those draft picks they gave up, with all those with all those assets and to get Rudy Gobert, just because they made a poor decision, in my opinion, doesn't mean that the market has changed. Donovan Mitchell should never garnish four, I mean, six first-round picks. Donovan Mitchell is a great player, but he is not a superstar. I understand a superstar. If, if, Wash, if, they, if, if Milwaukee calls Washington right now and says, hey, you give us Rui Achimura and six first-round picks uh, and Danny you give them, you give us that. We'll give you honest. Yo, you couldn't, you could, you couldn't say, you couldn't finish Giannis's last name before I signed the paperwork. If you're, if you're the Knicks and they say, oh, if Golden State calls and says, yo, you give us Julius Randle, you give us Emmanuel quickly, um, and you give us six first round, you give us six first round picks, and we'll give you Steph. If I'm the Knicks, yo, you you don't you don't even have to say, you don't even have to say what do you think. I'm already faxing you the signed document. Donovan Mitchell doesn't garner that, and this is this is no disrespect to Donovan Mitchell, but this is truth. I put Donovan Mitchell in the same category that I put Bradley Bill. Incredible players, stars. They are stars. Bradley Bill is a star. Donovan Mitchell is a star. But if Donovan Mitchell is your number one. If Bradley Bill is your number one, if a player like De'Aaron Fox is your number one, if a player like Devin Booker is your number one, I don't know how – I don't think that you could win a championship. That doesn't mean that they're not great. That doesn't mean that they're not stars. But Bradley Bill is not taking a team to the championship, and he's your number one. Donovan Mitchell's not doing that. So why give up six first-round picks for that? That's crazy to me. And and again, the question is, what is Donovan Mitchell's what is Donovan Mitchell's value? And because I put him in the star category, his value changes for different teams. I can see Donovan Mitchell, imagine if not saying this is going to happen, but imagine if Brooklyn traded Kyrie for Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell's Value will skyrocket playing alongside the possible the possibility of playing alongside Kevin Durant. Imagine Donovan Mitchell going to Brook uh Boston. I sat here and said, "Yo, they need a a pure point guard." Now I don't know if I th- you know and it's funny. I think that Donovan I think Malcolm Brogdon's value for Boston is more than 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 Donovan Mitchell's. Not saying of course Donovan Mitchell is a far better player in my opinion than Malcolm Brogdon, but when you look at the team needs of Boston, Mitchell does not fit the needs as much as Malcolm Brogdon. It doesn't mean Mitchell's not better, it just means your value changes. There should be nowhere in no way in heaven or hell I'm giving up six first round picks and just getting Donovan Mitchell, especially if my team is not in any type of way close to winning a championship. That's crazy if you ask me, but people let people let poor poorly run in and historically bad bad franchises set and 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 dictate the market which is crazy to me. Anybody that lets Minnesota Timberwolves dictate the market just because they in my opinion made a stupid trade for Rudy Gobert is crazy.
Donovan Mitchell should never garner six first round picks. I don't care if he is your the missing piece to a championship. Six first round picks? Come come on now. I will say this. I do think that Donovan Mitchell will end up getting traded somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be in the beginning of the season. I don't know if it's going to be soon. I don't know if it's going to be before the trade deadline. But Utah is in a rebuild. We that is that is clear. You don't want in. As a fan, I'm not a fan of rebuilds, but you don't want a good player. A a player as good as Donovan Mitchell on your team because you're 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 probably going to win too many games that's one and I'm not saying he's uber talented at this point that's one of the biggest reasons why the Rockets told John Wall to go home because they knew if John Wall was your starting point guard it'll take time away from the young stars and they could they can possibly win too many games to just to get them out of the number one overall pick uh states uh sweepstakes and of course they ended up number three so but i am interested to see where donovan mitchell goes i just again it's 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 the how much is his value and how much would his value be to your team that should garnish what you do for a draft or what you do in a trade in my opinion so also moving forward Let me let, let's let's have a serious conversation about I say that a lot. <laughs> I say that a lot. Like I say, let's we're gonna have a serious conversation and, and it's usually never that serious, but um let's talk about DeAndre Ayton and the Suns. So the Indiana Pacers offered a max contract, I think it was like worth one hundred and thirty three million dollars to DeAndre Ayton. Which then gives the Suns, since they have his rights, gives the Suns two days to match. They match that jump within like an hour. So now DeAndre Ayton will stay at least for the time being with the Suns. I don't think that he can do a sign and trade till like January. Here's where you have to, as an organization, man, you have to prevent sometimes. The best thing you can do, if you if you're able to, is to prevent poor situations. And what do I mean by that? I don't know if you guys remember, but maybe a year ago, DeAndre Ayton and the and the the Phoenix Suns were or began contract negotiation talks. He felt that he uh, outplayed his rookie contract, which everyone would believe he would and he also understood the value that he has for the Knicks I mean for Phoenix so he won a new contract they started negotiated contract it didn't work out I said all that to say the Suns could have prevented all this now you can't really move DeAndre Ayton until you know you can't move DeAndre until January 6th. And the Suns put themselves into a position where they had to do something. And that's one thing, especially for an organization that you don't want to do. You don't want to be put in a position where you have to do something, especially when it's something that you don't that you didn't have to do if you would have planned properly before. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. You see. The Suns do not think that DeAndre Ayton is worth a max contract, let alone $133 million. The Suns do not think that. You know why they don't think that? Because they could have given him a max contract a year before. The reason why they didn't is because they they did not think he was worth that. So you're asking yourself, why did they end up uh, matching the offer for the Pacers? Because while you don't think DeAndre Ayton is worth a max contract, you can't lose him for nothing. DeAndre Ayton is still a very, very good center in the league. DeAndre Ayton was the starting center for a 64-win team. Now, yes, they ultimately didn't end up winning the championship uh, and they got bounced by Dallas, 
But he was the center of a 64-win team. And the thing about the thing that is is head scratching to me that I don't understand. Now again, I know I'm not in the front office, so I don't understand how this goes. But we all we all saw this coming. We knew, yo, you have you're gonna want to do a get this deal done now for DeAndre Ayton because the last thing that you want him to do is ball out this or last year which he did or ball out this year which he did so then now he's a he you can hit the market and you know if he balls out there's going to be a team i.e the indiana pacers that's going to offer him the same amount of money actually i'm sorry more money than you were than you were willing to give him because they could have done a deal last year and it would not be as much as 133 million but now that the pacers offer that and you match it Am I saying that DeAndre Aiden is worth $133 million? I don't believe so. But it goes back to value, which we were just talking about with Donovan Mitchell. DeAndre Aiden, again, I don't think people understand the importance or the significance. You are the starting point guard for or starting center, I apologize, for a team that won 64 games in the regular season. Not too many teams win 64 games in the regular season. And your numbers improve year from year to year. The Suns put themselves in this predicament. So now this kind of takes you out the sweepstakes for Kevin Durant. Unless his his trade request is still prevalent in Jan- in in January, which I doubt you take it's just <laughs> the Suns did something that people saw coming. The Sun people were saying hey, just a year ago, yo, you want to get this get this done. Not to mention DeAndre Ayton, because you didn't get it done, he was a scorn player. He was a player that felt disrespected by the organization so of course the first the first time a, uh, a team is going to offer him a max like he's going to take it and then of course it's up to the Suns to match it and, and again he would have been cheaper a year ago if you would have just made the I think you know what the, the what the Suns banked on was a DeAndre Aiden wouldn't have the best the 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 season that he had this year also the market for him wouldn't be as big as they thought it would so now you look <laughs> the two things that they hoped for did it was the one thing that was the two things that did not happen deandre aiden played better than projected and a team like the pacers offered him a max contract and you know what's funny Organizations are smart. Some organizations are smart. How much you want to bet? The Pacers knew they weren't going to get DeAndre Aiden. And they knew, just like everyone in the NBA world knew, the Suns had to match whatever they offered. I think about that. Why would the Pacers offer him a max contract when you're trying to unload and trying to get off of Miles Turner, who's a who's a pretty good center, but he's still on your team. That means the Pacers knew they weren't getting DeAndre, but they were just going to be the team to offer him the max. It was going to be a team to do it. Why didn't that be the Pacers? So now what this does, unless they do a sign-and-trade in January, this completely, at least for right now, takes the Pacers, I mean, takes the Suns out of the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. You know a team that could, now I'm not saying it will happen, but you know a team that could afford Kevin Durant? The Indiana Pacers. Again, these teams are trying to play chess, not checkers. And what the Suns did was they bet on a lot of things that they should not have bet on. And they, they now they... <laughs> They, they're forced to pay because you don't want to lose him for nothing. You cannot lose him for nothing. That would be catastrophic if you lose DeAndre Aiden for nothing. So what you have to do is you have to acquiesce. 
You didn't have to if you would have just been smarter a year ago when everyone's saying, hey, yo, you might want to pay him now because the, 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 the money's about to go up. It's it, You want to pay him now. They didn't do it. Bada bing, bada boom. Now he's with the pace. Or now you he's, he's a max contract. So, oh, and this is after giving Devin Booker, I think, upwards of like $200 million. Actually, more than that. Mm, mm, mm. The Suns, the Suns, the Suns. And you know what's funny, man? As we sit here today, I don't think the Suns are anywhere closer to winning a championship. I think that I'm not going to say their window's closed because they have a good, a, a, a young team, younger team, but they're, I mean, again, your best players, your three best players, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden. Chris Paul's getting older. I don't think Devin Booker is a number one, even though shouts out for him for being on one of the covers of 2K, but I don't think he's a number one. Then now you have a max player in DeAndre Aiden. I think if you have a max, unless you're a unless you're just a unless you're a poor franchise, i.e. the Wizards. If you have a max player on your team, like a player that is making the max amount of money, I would hope that your team is in contention to at least make some noise in the playoffs, let alone make the playoffs. And while, yes, I do think the Suns will make the playoffs, do think the Suns are in contention to make some noise in the playoffs, I don't think they're anywhere closer to winning a championship. I could be wrong. I could definitely be wrong. But I don't think they are. And now you have pretty much two max players on your team. And nowhere closer to giving getting Kevin Durant, which, by the way, the Suns were was his number one destination. Which would have been could have happened if you would now again. I know you don't know a year hindsight's twenty twenty. I know you don't know that Kevin Durant is gonna ask for a trade. I know you don't know that, but you do know that DeAndre Aiden was going to be more expensive this year than he was last year. You do know that you don't want to give him the max contract, which, by the way, the max deal would have been less last year than it was this year. And you would have had a happy DeAndre Aiden, which could have fared better in the playoffs. Just saying. But let's move forward. So... Last last episode, I did my top 10 quarterbacks, and I thought to myself, why don't we make this a top 10 po- podcast until the season starts? Not saying that I will do top 10s in, in every day, but last episode, I did a top 10 of quarterbacks. This episode, I'm going to do top 10 wide receivers, and you know, moving forward, I'm going to do top 10, I mean, did I say wide receivers? This episode, I'm going to do top 10 running backs. I apologize. Next episode will be wide receivers, probably, then tight ends, then defense. Yeah, we're, we're, we're gearing up for the, NBA, for the NFL season. It's coming soon. So why don't I start? I started the last episode with uh, quarterbacks. Now I'm going to start with ride, uh, running backs. And this list was actually quite easy, in my opinion. Now, of course, this is my top 10. This is my opinion. If you don't agree, you can always leave it in the comments. But there are some pretty good there are some pretty good running backs that didn't make the list. And I have, you know, I felt I find it. I kind of felt bad when like, damn, Derek Carr didn't make my top 10 uh, quarterbacks list. But he at least has the has the stats to be in my top 10. You know, there's a lot. I mean, Antonio Gibson. He was really good. He didn't make my top 10 list. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott didn't make my top 10 list. I think he's kind of been on the decline the last few years. Uh, but this list was fairly easy, in my opinion. Let's start. Number 10, I have Austin Eckler. Now, Austin Eckler is not a big name wide receiver. I mean, running back. We we know this. We also know, I, I kind of feel like when we look at the weapons that the Chargers have, you know, Mike Williams, of course you have 
the you have the quarterback and Justin Herbert, you have Keenan Allen, we have some big names now on the defensive side. When you have Khalil Mack, you know Joey Bosa, uh, Darwin James. There, it is a star-studded team at this point, and I think Austin Eckler's name gets forgotten a lot of times when we talk about some of the weapons that they have. I mean, Austin Eckler was so good. They allowed Mel- Melvin Gordon, who was a pretty good piece for this team, to walk. I-, I think that one of the key pieces to this Chargers team is Austin Eckler. The last thing you want to do, even though Justin Herbert is incredible, you don't want it to be just a soul. You don't want it to be solely a passing offense. You want to, you want to be able to have some balance. And I think because you have Austin Eckler, who is one of the best running backs in the league, in my opinion, one of the most underrated, I think that they can do that, especially with some of the improvements that they made to the offensive line. So at number 10, I have Austin Eckler. At number nine, I have Najee Harris. People forget. People look at the numbers and be like, well, of course Najee Harris is a top 10 running back in the league. People forget last year Najee Harris was running behind one of the worst, if not the worst, offensive line in the league. You couple that with a team that wanted to be a running team, but because big it was Big Ben's last year, because the offensive line was so bad, they weren't able to really succeed in that. But with all that, Najee Harris still put up top 10 running back numbers. We knew Najee Harris was going to be good coming out of Alabama. Um, I just didn't think he was going to be this good this fast. You never really know. Yes, you do. So here's the thing. Alabama is good at two, three things. Alabama is good as far as the, so so Alabama is not that good when it comes to quarterbacks. Now, I know you talk about Tua Tagovailoa, you talk about Jalen Hurts, you talk about Mac Jones. Outside of that, there hasn't been too many successful Alabama quarterbacks. The three positions that has been an abundance of success in the league is running back, wide receiver, and defense. And uh, Najee Harris fits that. Najee Harris, in my opinion, it's, it's scary to see and to think what he will be once the, the the Pittsburgh Steelers gets their offensive line right, which it looks like they're trying to do, and it looks like they did this offseason. Now, of course, we have to wait to see, but I'm excited to see what he looks like with a more competent offensive line. But Najee Harris, even with a bad O line, put up some his put up some incredible incredible numbers last year. So I have him at number nine. At number eight, I have Joe Mixon. Now. I kind of feel the same way about Joe Mixon that I do Austin Eckler. When you're playing on a team that has uh, Jamar Chase, that has T. Higgins, that has Tyler Boyd, that has uh, Joe Burrow throwing in the ball, you tend to forget about the off, uh, about the running back. And Joe Mixon was a huge part of that team, especially last year in their run to the Super Bowl. Now, of course, they ultimately didn't win it, but Joe Mixon was a huge piece. He was pretty much the stabilizer. When Joe Burrow wasn't, you know, like when they needed a big first down on the ground, he was able to get it for him. He's he able, he's able to catch the ball in the backfield. Joe Mixon was great. Now, I I the only thing question that I have with Joe Mixon is, of course, durability. He's still a smaller back. Um, and when I look at my list, do I put him over? The reason why I put him over Najee Harris is because, of course, Najee Harris was a rookie last year. I do want to see what happens year two. And Austin Eckler, he made it further into the in the playoffs than Austin Eckler. Uh, now, I know that's not all Austin Eckler's fault, but I did want to re- reward Joe Mixon for at least making it to the Super Bowl and being a very important part of the Cincinnati Bengals offense. So I have Joe, Joe Mixon at six. I mean, eight. I'm sorry. And not to mention the fact that Joe Mixon, whether you again all the big names that Cincinnati has, Joe Mixon is a huge part of the offense, just like Austin Eckler. So I have Joe Mixon at number eight. Number seven, I have Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is going to is going to be huge this year. Now I know that 
he is he's put up very good numbers and he's one of the best running backs in the league but he's going to be needed more than he's ever needed to be needed in in Green Bay and that is because Green Bay lost Deon, Devontae Adams now I understand that you have Aaron Rodgers I also understand that you you know have Alan Lazard that you you have <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> they don't really have a, a a legit number one receiver, and you you're okay with that because you have Aaron Rodgers. But one thing that this offense does not want is to be so Aaron Rodgers centric. And what do I mean by that? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is is one of the best. I mean, if you look at listen to my episode last last or my last episode, I said he was the best wide uh quarterback in the league but you lose a you lose arguably the best wide receiver in the league and of course now you're throwing to people that may not be as or definitely not no may not be definitely not as reliable as Devontae Adams so you don't want the pressure and you don't want the, the the pressure to be on Aaron Rodgers even though he can he can do it and we've seen him do it you don't want it to be a a steady thing where he has to save us and that is where Aaron Jones comes in Aaron Jones is one of the most elusive backs in the league and I think that his his workload is going to increase exponentially uh, next year and I think that He's been great so far, and I think he's going to be great now. Um, so I have Aaron Jones at seven. Number six, I have Dalvin Cook. The 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 knock on Dalvin Cook is his injury history is cr- like he gets injured a lot, but when he is on the field, he is one of the best running backs in the league. Um, also, even how got now it's not just on him, but even how good he is, that doesn't ultimately result in wins. For the Vikings, now, of course, you can also look at the defense hasn't been the greatest, even though it's improved over the years. And, of course, you look at the quarterback position, that, that may not be the greatest either. But Delvin Cook Delvin Cook, and Justin Jeffries have been, and maybe Adam Thielen, have been the the constants for the, the, the constant thing that you can rely on for the Minnesota Vikings. And I think that... <sighs> If it if if he's healthy, if he is completely healthy, he is he is you can arguably say he's top three, four running backs in the league, and he, and his and I'm not gonna say his inability, but he's not the best at catching the ball, you know, in the outfield, and I, I do think that that kind of hinders him from being, you know. A, a a top top tier running back in my even though I have him at six. So I have Dalvin Cook at six. At number five I have Alvin Kamara. If you want Alvin Kamara is everything that you'd want in a back outside of maybe the the strength. What and what I mean by that is Alvin Kamara is our, I'm I'm gonna say he's the most elusive um running back in the league. He can his his value to New Orleans is is second to none. And his ability to catch the ball, his ability to, uh, you know, yards yards after catch, his ability to elude defenders and 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 be elusive is is second to none for this team. Alvin Kamara. The the reason why I have him fifth is because I just think that when healthy, there's four players better than him. But Alvin Kamara has been great, and I think that you know one of the biggest reasons why. The, the Saints feel good about going into this year with, you know, Jameis Winston as their quarterback full time at this point is because you have Alvin Kamara. You're going to see what happens, you know, with the wide receiver core now, Chris Olave and, and, and Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas. And I, I, a lot of that, the, the, the biggest name that I said out of all, all of that was Alvin Kamara. So I have Alvin Kamara at number five. Now, it was not fair. I'm going to be the first one to say it's not fair. But number four, I have Christian McCaffrey. It's not fair because now we're, we're leaning on to if, and if healthy. That's kind of what I said about Dalvin Cook, but it's definitely 
definitely true for for Christian McCaffrey. It's not fair to the people under him because Alvin Kamara has been more healthy. So is Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris. And it's also not fair to Christian McCaffrey because Christian McCaffrey can very well be number one. It's just if healthy. Christian McCaffrey has struggled mightily with staying on the field these last few years. But when he is on the field, I mean, he's a 2,000-yard rusher. It's Christian McCaffrey, he was, when healthy, he was a, I believe he was a MVP finalist. That's just how, I mean, that's how good he is. Now, again, he needs to stay on the field. If he's able to stay on the field, that would increase his chances of being number one exponentially. But he has not been able to stay on the field like that. And that's that's really why he's number four and, and could drop. And again, it's it's really it's 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 disrespectful to Alvin Kamara and, and and players that are now, yes, Alvin Kamara did suffer injury last year, but Christian McCaffrey has had a history of injury at this point. So but yeah, when healthy, man. Christian McCaffrey is one of the best running – he's arguably the best running back. And he – what Alvin Kamara does, outside of maybe the elusiveness, Christian McCaffrey does times two. His ability to catch the ball runs after catch. He's stronger, in my opinion, than Alvin Kamara. It, it's just he needs to stay on the field. So I have Christian McCaffrey at number four solely because – well, not solely, but one, because of what he does when he's on the field and because he – struggles to stay on the field number three i have nick chubb you see the thing about nick chubb is he is the definition of a low maintenance star there is an argument to say that that nick chubb can be the best or there's an argument that that you can have to say that nick chubb is the best wide or running back in the league but he doesn't get, you know, he doesn't, he, he's not flashy. He doesn't have, you know, he's not the, the, the most interviewed star. He's not the most talked about star because he's just, you know, a, a, a put my hard hat on, go to work, go home. But Nick Chubb is probably one of the strongest running backs in the league. Probably one of the fastest Probably one of the most elusive. Probably his ability to break tackles is almost second to none in the league. Almost second to none. Um, Nick Chubb, bro. If Nick Chubb is your starting, is your starting running back, you are in good hands. That's how good Nick Chubb is, man. It and one of the biggest reasons why the Browns was so able was able to get off or was okay with getting off of. Baker Mayfield, especially when they knew that their new quarterback in Deshaun Watson is going to miss time, just don't know how much, is because you have arguably the best running back in the league in Nick Chubb. And again, I just feel if he if he was more outward, you know, if if he was more I don't know, if he talked more, if he did more stuff than or if he was more outwardly witted, then I think that he would be more revered as as one of the best, even though he gets the respect that he deserves. So um, I have Nick Chubb at number three. Number two, I have Jonathan Taylor. I can't – I'm not going to disrespect what I saw last year. Last year, there was a good period of time when people thought Jonathan Taylor could win the, could win the MVP that he he was so important for the Colts especially with their quarterback and the inconsistency that he had Jonathan Taylor he <laughs> there was nothing that Jonathan Taylor couldn't do last year and he was oh man again I, I I'm not going to disrespect what Jonathan Taylor did last year that I'm not <laughs> Jonathan Taylor is great and I I don't yes he does play behind a good offensive line uh but it's still like he he does everything, and I think he's. John, there's not much bad I can say about Jonathan Taylor. The only thing is there are games where he kind of disappears, uh, but that's very far and few between. Like he doesn't do that a lot, but when he is on, he is on, and he's one of the best running backs in the league. I have him at number two, and number one I have Derrick Henry. Now, I know that you can say, well, Jalen, he missed most of the year last year with like a broken toe. 
And that's very true. But even with him missing majority of the year, he finished top five. Top five in. No, I think he finished top 10 in rushing with missing majority of the year. He was on pace, I believe. He was on pace to be a 3,000-yard rusher. Derrick Henry, when, when, you, when you go to Madden, when you go to any you know, football game and create a player, running back that is huge, running back that is fast, running back that is elusive, running back that can break tackles easily, you build Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry... He's one of those players where you, he doesn't look that fast. I've seen Derrick Henry play twice. Once. I've seen Derrick Henry play once. He doesn't seem like he's that fast until you see him live. Like, Jesus, he is quick. Like, he is Derrick Henry, bro. If it wasn't for if it wasn't for his injury last year, I believe it was 3,000 yards. I, I think he would have made it to that 3,000-yard mark. That's just how good Derrick Henry is, and I have him in number one. So number 10, Austin Eckler. Number nine, Najee Harris. Number eight, Joe Mixon. Number seven, Aaron Jones. Number six, Dalvin Cook. Number five, Alvin Kamara. Number four, Christian McCaffrey. Number three, Nick Chubb. Number two, Jonathan Taylor. And number one, Derrick Henry. That was my top 10 running backs. Probably next episode, I'll do wide receivers. Let me know who you think should. I, I understand. I know. I already know what's going to happen. People are going to say, what about Ezekiel Elliott? Why is Ezekiel Elliott not in your top 10? Bro, have you seen Ezekiel Elliott the last few years? I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so, believe in the comments. Let me know how you feel. Bada bing, bada boom. Ooh, it's about to get real. Uh, <laughs> it's about to get real regional in a second. So NHL free agency is here, um, and no, I say this every time. I'm not the biggest NHL watcher, I, but I do watch big. You know, I watch the Stanley Cup, I watch the playoffs, I watch big games. I am very invested in my Capitals, um, and of course, free agency is happening. There's been some big names. Uh, I mean, Johnny Gradera. Guerrero, whatever. Johnny something went to the uh, Columbus. I think that was a big move. And, of course, the Capitals, they got Darcy uh, Kemper and they got Dylan Strom. Um, I think it was a good move, especially, you know, coming uh, Kemper coming off of he was on the Colorado Avalanche and they just came off winning a Stanley Cup. I do think it was a good move. I mean, what you're seeing now, he is, I think, 32. What you're seeing is the Capitals are trying one last hurrah. Not saying that um, they're going to be, you know, bad or, or great, but TJ Oshie's not getting any younger. Nick Backstrom's not getting any younger. Alex Ovechkin, the great eight, is definitely not getting any younger. So this is they they, they this is their last hurrah. When I say last hurrah, I think that they're. They're just going to try to go for it. They're trying to. The, one of the biggest problems last year outside of injury was the goalie position, and they, they got better. I mean, you got a Stanley Cup winning goalie, and you have a center in Dylan Strom. I think they got a lot better there. Uh, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I hope they win. Um and I, they're trying to go for it. Like this is this is pretty much their last hurrah. So I don't know about any other NHL moves. I know the the Calvary got somebody or retained some. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Leave in the comments. We'll talk about it. I'll do my research. But uh, I know the Capitals got better, and I I know that they're trying to ride out the the triple you know the 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 triple headed monster in Oshi Backstrom and Alex Ovechkin, and and they're trying to. Trying to, they hope that they can make some noise this year. So, I do like the moves. And lastly, before we go, man, unpopular topic of the day. So, the Baltimore Orioles have been bad for a while. I think the last time they were good was probably the first year they got Chris Davis, maybe, or the, yeah, because he was great. And then he just was god-awful. Like, it was one season great, next season god-awful. I do remember this. 
So they haven't been good in a while. I think the last time they made the playoffs like 2016. And while they, you know, when you <laughs> the the Orioles, bro, um, the Orioles last year they won 19 straight. I mean, they lost 19 straight. And last year they had their third 100 loss season. Mm. I say all that to say. This year they're actually pretty good. This year, I think as we're talking right now, they're forty-five and forty-four, uh, maybe forty-six and forty-four. I know they've won ten in a row. And while it's a small chance, I think it's like a two percent or five percent chance they have a chance to make the playoffs. And the trade, the 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 trade deadline's coming up. Look here. I understand the Orioles. I understand you have not been in this position in a while. And I'm not an Orioles fan. I'm a Washington Nationals fan. But let me help you, Orioles. I know this is foreign territory at this point, being this good. Now, I understand it's, 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 it's being this good. Do what you have to do to make the playoffs. I'm not saying you're going to win a World Series. That's not happening. But make the playoffs. I know I do. I, the last thing I want is to see the Orioles just take a, a, a nosedive. I do not want to see that. And I don't want to see them give up key players. Yo, make the playoffs. Do what you have to do. Be buyers if you have to be buyers. I know that the Orioles are a traditionally cheap team. Yo, make the playoffs. You are you are riding an incredible high right now that you have not seen in a while. Do not become sellers because you don't understand how to handle this success that you're the, the, the medial amount of success that you're getting right now. Also, I, yes, we know that you're not winning a, suit, uh, a World Series, even if you make it to the playoffs. But there's a difference between making it to the playoffs and not. And you have been on the not side for a while. So Orioles, if you have to be buyers, be buyers. Make the playoffs, please. And there you have it. <laughs> That's been today's episode of the Impopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um, if you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Whatever you like, I got you. Just click on the link and get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. I'm trying to get the algorithms going. and I need you guys' help. Please share. Please like. Please watch. Please comment. And, you know, I want more people to experience the Unpopular Podcast. So I appreciate you guys. And until next time, much love. Yeah, life, life is the only thing we need, they need me to go but I don't wanna leave, rest in peace little Keith. Fuck a pigeonhole, I'm a night out, it's a different mode, I'ma have to make a paint of six on a pinky toe, heard you with a shooting guard, just let a nigga know, I would have your court side, not the middle row, all good love in a minute though, I can't stress about no bitch cause I'm a timid soul. Plus I'm cooking up ambition on the kitchen stove Pot start to bubble, see the suds, that shit good to go Whole sound suave, but I can't get recold Bro, think he John Wayne, I bought them yellow stones Love the way they hang, babe For the silicone, everybody fake now You could crack the code, bust down everything Set in rose gold, dread talking to you niggas Like I'm J. Cole, I could tell her head good before I even know, bitch, don't tell me that you model if you ain't been involved. Gotta throw a party for my day ones. They ain't in the studio, but they'll lay some. Rest in peace, the drama king. We was straight stunned. Y'all don't like the way I talk, nigga, say something. Gotta throw a party for my day ones. Pull up and you know it's us, the bass jumping. Y'all don't like the way I talk and say something. My face, nigga. Gotta throw a party for my day ones They ain't in the studio, but they'll lay some Rest in peace, the drama king We was straight stunned If I let my nigga 21 tell it, you a pussy Spin a block twice like it ain't no way
4L, we come out when it get dark. Big stepper, he came in a rose, but he left in a stretcher. Let my brother drive while I shoot team effort. Asking all these questions, bitch, you must thank you, Nadeska. The chopper like the fill on all the options of molester. I be with my gun like Rose, be with lemon pepper. She wanna hear some Afro beats, cause she just popped a Tesla. All that working out, that nigga must think he a wrestler. But this ain't UFC, this chopper came with a compressor. This chopper came with a compressor. This chopper came with a This Glock 45 came with a switch. If I was Will Smith, I would've slapped him with a stick. Put your hands in the air, it's a sticker. Spin the same hood where I get my dicks up. If you standing on business, put your blick up. Come around acting scared, get your shit tucked. Fell in love with feeling dizzy, so I spit in. I got mad love for the boy, yeah, that's my twizzing. If them niggas keep on dissing, slide a giz in. We the reason why the ops ain't got no frizzing. Last nigga played with me, got turned up. I ain't even roll him in the wood, cause he musty. You ask how she doing, I just tell her, come and fuck me. Shot his ass 20 times, down this nigga lucky. Damn that nigga lucky. Gotta throw a party for my day ones. They ain't in the studio, but they're lay some. Rest in peace to Drama King. We was straight stunned. Young 